welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Friday of the 22nd week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. God of might, giver of every good gift, put into our hearts the love of your name, so that by deepening our sense of reverence, you may nurture in us what is good, and by your watchful care keep safe what you have nurtured. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. People must think of us as Christ's servants, stewards entrusted with the mysteries of God. What is expected of stewards is that each one should be found worthy of his trust. Not that it makes the slightest difference to me whether you, or indeed any human tribunal, find me worthy or not. I will not even pass judgment on myself. True, my conscience does not reproach me at all. But that does not prove that I am acquitted. The Lord alone is my judge. There must be no passing of premature judgment. Leave that until the Lord comes. He will light up all that is hidden in the dark and reveal the secret intentions of men's hearts. Then will be the time for each one to have whatever praise he deserves from God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The salvation of the just comes from the Lord. The salvation of the just comes from the Lord. If you trust in the Lord and do good, then you will live in the land and be secure. If you find your delight in the Lord, he will grant your heart's desire. The salvation of the just comes from the Lord. Commit your life to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act, so that your justice breaks forth like the light your cause like the noonday sun. The salvation of the just comes from the Lord. Then turn away from evil and do good, and you shall have a home forever. For the Lord loves justice and will never forsake his friends. The salvation of the just comes from the Lord. The salvation of the just comes from the Lord, their stronghold in time of distress. The Lord helps them and delivers them, and saves them for their refuge is in him. The salvation of the just comes from the Lord. 
Alleluia, Alleluia. I am the light of the world, says the Lord. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The Pharisees and the scribes said to Jesus, John's disciples are always fasting and saying prayers, and the disciples of the Pharisees too, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus replied, Surely you cannot make the bridegroom's attendants fast while the bridegroom is still with them. But the time will come, the time for the bridegroom to be taken away from them. That will be the time when they will fast. He also told them this parable. No one tears a piece from a new cloak to put it on an old cloak. If he does, not only will he have torn the new one, but the piece taken from the new will not match the old. And nobody puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and then run out, and the skins will be lost. No, new wine must be put into fresh skins. And nobody who has been drinking old wine wants new. The old is good, he says. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in the later years of seminary formation, in in studying to be a priest, um, the lessons get a bit practical. Um, They start talking about, okay, you know, funerals, baptisms, how to do it, what sort of things can happen, what sort of things can go wrong. And I remember we were in a prac for uh, marriage. And one of the things that the priest uh, alerted us to was uh, an incident that had happened where uh, a groom had decided to um, have his bucks night the night before his wedding. Um, And he turned up to the wedding um, quite intoxicated. Um, And it meant that the wedding couldn't go ahead. I mean, not only is it pretty bad, you know, in terms of entering into a lifelong commitment and, and, and not being in your right mind to do it. Uh, but, you know, it's also a, a legal document that, you know, you can't sign if you're not in your right mind. But anyway, this is always kind of poking in the back of my head. And, you know, whenever I celebrate weddings at the at the rehearsal, I usually, you know, sort of make mention of the fact that, look, guys, you got to make sure that you're in the right mind in order to be able to enter into the sacrament. So don't drink beforehand. And it's funny because, like, the boys, they all shoot me a look. And invariably, they give some kind of variation of what Jesus says in the gospel today. Father, surely you can't make the bridegroom's attendance fast while the bridegroom's still with them. Admittedly, it's not usually as eloquent as what Jesus says, but the meaning's quite clear. Look, Father, it's wedding day. We're here to celebrate. And admittedly, uh, you know, in a number of cultures, having a little nip before the wedding is, uh, you know, a bit of a ritual. And gratefully, I've not had anyone who's really pushed the limit. But at least they can't say, I didn't tell them. But the reason why I bring it up is because, you know, of course there's going to be frivolity and joy and fun It's a wedding day. It's a day of great celebration and a a day of new beginnings. It's definitely not the day to be trying out your brand new carb-free diet. You want to rejoice together. 
Now, obviously, in the gospel, there's a lot that can be said about, you know, new wine, new wineskins, the conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees and how it's all sort of starting to grow and develop and, and you know, the jealousy is becoming more apparent. But, you know, whatever about all of that, I think it's good to highlight the fact that Jesus and his disciples together, they clearly have fun. They clearly enjoy each other's company. I think they're having a great old time. Hard work. I mean, you know, we read in the Gospels about Jesus being tired and wanting to, you know, separate himself from the crowds and to be alone with his disciples and to pray. Just being with Jesus is a cause for celebration. Because he's the bridegroom. And we get to be the attendants. We get to be the ones who celebrate with him, the ones who are closest and, you know, enjoy this intimate company. But, you know, I don't think this is just the domain of, you know, those those apostles who were the closest companions of Jesus during his public ministry. I think it's got to be true for us too. Um, And yet, very slowly, um, and, you know, it can happen over a period of weeks and months and years, that we can start to lose the original fervor of our relationship with Christ. And things start to be couched more in terms of duty rather than privilege or joy. I've got to pray. I've got to go to Mass on Sundays. I've got to get to confession. I think there's something sad that happens when we start to fall into a pattern of mere duty. Now, let me be clear about what I'm saying here. I'm not suggesting that you should only do these things when you feel like it, or you should only do these things when it's fun. Because absolutely, we know that true love is expressed not simply in good times, but in bad. And true love is expressed by means of sacrifice when we take up those things which you know, can be particularly distasteful or difficult or painful, um, but endure them for the sake of the other. And certainly, if that's the space that we're in in our spiritual lives, if, if prayer is really hard, don't stop praying. But that's also not the goal. The goal isn't to have this cold-hearted, white-knuckled intensity about how we go about our religious life. Um, we're drawn into a friendship with Jesus. And that's exciting. That's fun. In fact, it's so much fun. And it's of such intimate warmth that Jesus compares them to his groomsmen, the lads, the boys, your closest friends with whom you share your most important moments. Well, Jesus is saying that that's what it's like being a disciple. Being a close companion of Jesus, it's not a chore. It's not like having a tooth pulled out. It's not like getting root canal. He's the bridegroom, and we're his friends. Now, if you're going through a bit of a dry patch in your spiritual life, I get it, 100%. But the dry spell of prayer isn't the end. It's a means. When my prayer grows dry and when I really do have to rely on the fact that I promised to pray, and that's why I pray, and it's it's not because I'm getting some great affection or consolation. But although that's where we might be kind of spiritually, that's not what we've been made for. 
We haven't been made for the dry patches, for the difficult spells. No, we've been made for communion. To be in God's intimate company. To be with Jesus. To be with the bridegroom. And that's all I've got for today. Don't forget to enjoy the presence of Christ. Don't forget to enjoy your prayer. It's not just a burden. It's not merely a duty. It's an opportunity. We get to spend time with the bridegroom and maybe have a little taste of the new wine in that new wineskin. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will, and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.